to the mic check. This part two, fatherhood. We got Daryl. Yo, yo. Tim. What's going on? And my main man, Brandon. Here we go, baby. All right, we left off talking about the whole fatherhood situation. We talked about relationships with our kids, divorce, marriage, all of that. Got a couple more things. But uh, I did this podcast. We waited to have this little ways after Father's Day so it could settle in on what you really got for Father's Day. You know, not off of the nostalgia, just being nice. What up, y'all? It's your boy, Mike G. You tuned in to the mic check. Who am I? I'm just a decab kind of kid trying to make something out of itself. Actually, I'm going to sit here and chop it up with you for a little bit. Maybe get some things off my chest and hopefully hear from you guys. See what you think. Take it from the top. One, two. My mic sound nice. Check one. My mic sound nice. Check two. My mic sound nice. Check three. Are you If I didn't even get into it. First off, how was you guys' Father's Day this past Father's Day? How was it? Awesome, awesome. I can't complain. Okay. I hung out with my granddaughter, and the wife made something to eat for me and um, my father-in-law. So we ate good, had good company, and it was a good Father's Day. Can't complain. All right, Tim. Same thing. I went a round of golf with the boys. Saw the granddaughter. So we did it in South Carolina. Good time. Awesome time. Uh, my family decorated the house for me, uh, and then they also cooked breakfast for me. So that was that was phenomenal. Then we went out to dinner. Uh, they know I like to grill out, so my kids, uh, on their own merit, went and got a uh, meat uh, thermometer uh, that I can use when I grill out. So that was they put a little effort into it this year. So I appreciate that. So uh, it was it was a great time. All right, cool. Now that we got all that cute stuff out of the way, let's talk real, guys. <laughs> Do fathers Uh-oh. and Father Day, do we really get the reverence that mothers and mothers they get? Hell no. No. Okay, cause I mean you know. it's alright. I don't think my thing is I think moms want the the big I don't know. I guess I can say this. I don't have a I mean wife anymore. Um, what's the big production? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, wants the flowers, wants the breakfast, wants the cards, wants. You know what? Dads sometimes just be happy, just freaking leave me alone. <laughs> That's keep great, it, Father. Keeping it real. <laughs> now, I think now just, just hanging with the kids and doing something simple. That's all I need. For, for, for me, my kids, they plan. Weeks out, maybe even a month out for Mother's Day. Dad, we want to get mom this. It's going to cost $400, blah, blah. We're going to do this and that. When it comes to Father's Day, they're like, uh, the night before, you know. And Dad, what do you want? I'm like, oh, just give me some socks or something, man. So, but I really don't look, I, I really don't really care about Father's Day like that. But I know it means a lot to my to my wife. So, I, you know, that it's that old saying, happy wife, happy life. So I make sure that we go all out and make sure that she's good. So, you know, I have peace in my home. You know, uh, Father's Day for me, I don't think it really was a, a major thing when it came to 
my wife conveying that to me because <laughs> she, she, she tell me in a heartbeat, you're not my daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, and I'm cool with that, but um, uh, when it came to William, uh, anything he gave me, I, you know, I treated it like it was gold. Yeah. Because like the very first Father's Day gift he gave me, he gave me a, um, a starter short set. <laughs> and, Old school. <laughs> but it was cool because it was like just a dark navy blue, and it was a, the shirt was like sleeveless, so and it was cool. So I was cool with that, and um, I actually was actually looking for that short set like a, a couple of months ago. Didn't know what I did with it because I was like, okay, I just wonder where where it's, where it's at. But I you know for the most part. If he and I didn't go to like to a Braves game, I was at the house just chilling. I might be on my grill or whatever. But yeah. otherwise, Father's Day, that's just another day for me to tell them to leave me alone. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so what we're saying is, even though, you, have y'all ever seen the little Facebook meme where they say Mother's Day and they show the big luxurious spread and they show Father's Day is like the grill? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's true. So is it true that we really don't care? I can only speak for myself. I really don't care. Um, long as the family is happy, uh, that's all I care about. Okay. So they recognize it, right? Oh, yeah, you have to recognize it. Yeah. yeah. There you go. They better not walk around the house and don't say nothing. I'm going to say this, and this is kind of like another aspect of, like, when it comes to being a father. Because my dad wasn't there, then... Father's Day really didn't mean anything to me until my first marriage. That's when those boys treated me like I was like their dad. Oh, that's good. So, like, I could care less about Father's Day up until that moment. Mm -hmm. And then once they left, then I didn't care no more. Mm -hmm. And then when I got back with, got with William and his mom, then I cared again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But Understand. as far as like, do I need the passenger and all that mess? Nah. Give me some ribs. There you go. There you go. Okay. <laughs> now you also mentioned something about your your experience with not having a father, right? How how did that, how did that play a part in in, in my life? In your life? How did that shape me? And how did you view like how did it, when, when you had your chance, the opportunity to be somebody's father? How did, how, what experiences did you take from that? Like, what, what did that do to help shape how you, how you, you know? Well, uh, I'm not gonna lie. I actually uh, wanted my dad to be in my life, but because uh, he had other ideas, you know, um, my uh, education of learning how to be a man first and then a father came from life experience and watching my friends and how they go about being fathers and um it, you know it's just things that i observed yeah and you know once i became a dad it was trial and error and mm -hmm. like i said i would never put my hand on none of the kids that i raised mm -hmm. but when i speak they knew when daryl was upset yeah okay tell me you know, my dad was around 
but he wasn't a loving father. Oh. Um, I think part of that was I had a younger sister, three years younger than me, who actually passed away in 2002. But she was very, um, she had a lot of issues. She had epilepsy, she was special needs. So, mom and dad's, and rightfully so, their focus was a lot on her yeah. and getting help for her. Where I was a lonely kid, so I didn't see what a father was really supposed to be like. So, I had to do the same thing, right? Yeah. Trial and error. I knew what I didn't like. Yeah. Um, so I've always made an effort to, you know, be there for my kids. And um, I think that's why I'm saying, you know, it's not a big ordeal, the Father's Day thing, but if they recognize it, mm. that means more to me. Yeah. Because <laughs> you don't want the kids to not even feel yeah. that you had. And not just on that day. I want them to know that yeah. I'm their father every day. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. I even told William when he was, when he like the early years of his mom and I's marriage, he was trying to do in and everything and get us broke up. So I grabbed him by his shirt one day and I jacked him up against the ball. I said, bro, I don't care what you do. I promise you, you will leave this house before I will. <laughs> so, and this is the funny thing about it. He was like 13 when I said this to him. So we fly out to California where he's starting to go to, he's going to uh, college out in California. Mm-hmm. And so we're in uh, Burger King in LA and we're eating, uh, eating our waffles and he looked at me and said, Daryl, you know what? I was the first one out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you remember that conversation? Did you go like Melvin on Baby Boy? <laughs> I mean, I just, I just promised him. I told him, I said, I'm not going nowhere. You're going to leave before I win. <laughs> so, and I stuck to it. Brandon, what about you, man? Give us a little... The insight you bringing. Uh, for me, since my father was has always been in my life, um, he has always been my example of what it is to be uh, a father as well as uh, a man. Uh, along with my uh, my grandfather, uh, who was also in my life uh, through the majority of my life until he passed away when I was in my early twenties. <clears throat> excuse me. So I always had really good examples of what it takes to be a man and a father. So hopefully I am taking a lot of what I've learned and I'm employing that in uh, my in my fatherhood uh, capabilities. And as I raise my kids, even sometimes I reach back to my father and say, hey, dad, hey, these knuckleheads are messing up. Hey, what are your thoughts on this? And it's funny now uh, because he used, to, he used to, he didn't spare that rod too often. He used to give me that, that belt sometimes, but now he's like, you don't need to do all that. He's a loving and caring grandfather. And I was like, where was, yeah, I was like, where was this man at when I was growing up? So I see the dynamics have changed now, uh, but he's always has uh, good wisdom to uh, to bestow upon me when I when I need it. So I I really appreciate that. Mm. Now, and, and being that I know your father personally, I saw it from a I saw it from a distance. Like my father, I grew up with my father as well. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> Riggs. Yeah. So so he was. He was a strong influence in my life as well. I will say, I also took that those experiences with my father, and I also said what I didn't want to be. Yeah, you, you mm-hmm. understand? I, I I went some ways, some ways extreme. Like I'm extremely soft to my children. I, I will admit that. Um, I'm extremely soft. I'm extremely lenient. I also, I also, <laughs> I also, but I also took the time and. I don't know if this was a generational thing. A lot of parents didn't really understand what was 
what was important to kids, even though it wasn't important in real life, exactly, it meant something to those kids, and it did something. I, I try to, and I might put too much importance on what they, what they like and what they feel and what they see, just knowing that some things can influence their self-confidence, their, their, their view of themselves, uh, just a, a lot of things that even though as parents we say you're not there to you know you're not there to make friends you're there to learn you yeah. know school for this or that you're there because you need education uh, but things do matter and I think I took that and I made that a priority in my life to like make sure I always understood where my kids were coming from right so um, with that I'm saying my father was there my father was present my father did everything um, to this day he still is a strong presence in my life that's good, man. And I, you know, I, as much as I, I bumped me and him bumped heads. Oh yes, y'all did. Yes, yes y'all did. <laughs> we I, got, I got the grocery bill from <laughs> all those gray hairs my father has. I think I'm ninety-eight point seven percent responsible. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I get where he was coming from as I get older, but even back then it was just kind of like, you know, I was trying to be my own person. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that, guys. What, what did you take from your father or your, you know, your grandfather or whatnot? Because, like I said, I, my grandfather was a big influence as well. But what did you take from them that you realized, you know what, he was right all along? Can y'all think of anything in particular? One thing. Well, there's many things. But one thing I'll never forget: be careful of the company that you keep. Um, you have to, especially in this day and age, if you hang around a bunch of knuckleheads, all right, you can be put in a bad situation that can derail anything you would like to accomplish in life, all right? Because my father knew, even Mike would know that we hung around some knuckleheads growing up, and a lot of those knuckleheads ended up in jail or ended up dead. And just luckily for us, we wised up, we took heed to what our, our fathers were telling us, and we decided to cut those knuckleheads loose. So I would tell any kid, be careful of the company that you keep. Mm. You got anything you remember in particular? I mean, I think one thing my dad told me those that, that I to this day cherish is respect for all people. Yeah, mm, that's good. And no matter if they're the Joe mechanic down the street mm. or if they're the president of IBM, everybody's equal. Yep, treat them equal. And um, I try to do that. I try to teach that with my kids. And I think it's easy because they knew their aunt, you know, who had special needs, mm. and oh. we treated her. Like everybody else. Yes, good. You know? And um, so, my kids, I think the one thing that's easy for them, they can talk to adults and be respectful when doing it. That's good. Which is awesome. And I, and I really take that. And um, that's one thing I take from them for sure. Okay. Now, Daryl, yeah. I know for a fact. Our whole family has this one man named Albert Green <laughs> that serves in my mind right now. What did you get from him? Is it I'm gonna let you know about my daddy. And if you notice, I call my grandfather daddy. Mm. A, lot, a, lot, a lot of, now I'm gonna jump in real quick. For anybody that knows us, our family, uh, I never got to meet him. He was the patriarch of the family. And a lot of the cousins, no matter his age, they all refer to him as their father. He, he stepped in. And now these are these are from accounts I've gotten from all different cousins. He was he was a father as well, you know, as well as grandfather. But he he stepped in. So continue, Daryl. I mean, Daddy, he was he was a strong, quiet guy. But when he spoke, people 
Yeah. Because he didn't really, really have to raise his voice too tough because you understood um, what he wanted and what he didn't want. Um, like that old commercial, the EF Hutton. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. but, but like, but like yeah. during dinner time, you don't sit in daddy's chicken. <laughs> you don't eat daddy's chicken, huh? Exactly. <laughs> Big piece. On, on Saturday nights, uh, the TV is going to be positioned to watch three things. The Braves, Hee Haw, and wrestling. Wow. <laughs> Somebody, now, you got to be old enough to understand what Hee Haw is. Yeah. <laughs> but one thing about my grandfather, God rest his soul, is I loved him dearly, but I always remembered him like all of my aunts, all of my cousins used to always be at the house. And he was the one that was the first thing that we saw as a strong father figure in our lives. Mm. The very first one. He didn't do a lot of speaking, but like I said, when he spoke, you listen. Yeah. Because he brought the thunder. <laughs> Seriously. Case in point, I remember he only put his hands on me one time, and that's all it took. My little bad behind at like four years old, I decided I wanted to light a paper bag on the stove and watch it burn. <laughs> he happened to come in there and see it, put it out, took his belt off his waist, picked me up with one hand. He did all this in one move. I thought he had been training for it like it was an Olympic sport. So, so he snatched me up in the air and instead of using his belt, he used his hands. <laughs> My grandfather uh, did construction work. So you don't want hands with calluses <laughs> hitting you on your neck and young four-year-old boot. It does not feel good, especially when he only hits you five times. <laughs> My butt hurt for the entire night. But, so you remember the whooping is what you said? Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> no, because that was the only time he ever whooped me. But all the other times, I remember my grandfather taking me home, dropping me off when my mom was getting off for work, and I'm sitting in the front seat right next to him. And it was a quiet drive, but I knew my grandfather was there for me. So to, to say that I picked up anything, um, one thing I say that I picked up is my grandfather was always there for his kids. That's great. So I always plan to be there for my kids regardless of what I'm doing. Okay. Awesome. So, so guys, uh, in a nutshell, is fatherhood hard? Hell yeah. But it's rewarding. Man. Anything that's worth having always requires work. Yes. Because if it's easy, you don't appreciate it. Well, Brandon, when was the moment you realized this ain't easy? <laughs> probably, probably when that little first little one popped out. Huh? I would, man, since I was like a young father, um, financially, uh, we, we, I just didn't have the money at the time. I was 20 years old, uh, still in college. That's when I learned, man, these jokers cost a lot from pampers to, to milk to uh, clothing and, and everything in a nutshell. Uh, that's when I learned that hey, I better get a good job because hey, 
financially, you you got to be able to support these little jokers. So, um, my yeah, that, I would say, yeah, finances. Uh, it, that's when I learned quick. It, fatherhood is not a punk. Uh, and, and, and we can all attest that we probably know maybe one or two or or more individuals who chose to take the easy road and and not experience father. They rather run run away than than want to earn 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 these responsibilities. Um, but it takes real men uh, to be fathers. And it takes even better men to be good fathers. Uh, so that's really all I have. Yeah, I think it changes from being selfish, just me. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, oh, I can survive on PBJ, Fritos, or whatever. A woman, you got kids? Whole new ballgame. Oh, yeah. You change to provider. Yes. Comforter, you know, teacher, all that stuff. Yeah. You know, I bought this shirt uh, for me, my son, and my buddy um, in Kansas. Uh, it says, uh, my best friends call me dad. Hmm. And it was another shirt that I bought on Father's Day. And it said, good dads get promoted to grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> and I said that to my buddy too. <laughs> so it's like, um, doing the things that you need to do when it comes to being a father or a stepfather or whatever role you choose to play in your children's life as a man. It's rewarding when you see them uh, taking the right road and taking your advice, whether it's good or bad. Like when I say taking your advice, whether it's good or bad, if you give them some bad advice and they actually are able to realize that it's not good advice, they'll actually talk to you about it. And things like that are the, the situations that let me know that I'm learning, but I'm also teaching my child how to be a responsible person. So that's what that's what lets you know. Say, hey, this 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 ain't no easy task here. at all. At all. I don't think, at no all. matter how hard it is, I don't think any one of us would trade it. Never. No, I not at all. Go back and do something different. Right? Never. Very rewarding because it's, it's good to see you're able to. It's like building a house or building a, a strong foundation for, for a building. It's like you're laying that groundwork for them to be good, responsible people. And it's like you like seeing the final product once yes. they graduate from high school or college and they're doing what they love and they're being prosperous in life. You know, that's the reward. Yeah. And that's what you strive for. Yeah. So I really um, enjoy watching William grow. You know, like I said, it was rough. <laughs> I mean, I ain't gonna lie. That's true. It was rough. Because <laughs> I can tell you, I can tell you the moment I realized parenting is ridiculously hard. It, mm-hmm. it was a touch of the financial, like Brandon said. When I had to go buy formula, and I realized, oh, they price this stuff on purpose. You, 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 like, they price this stuff knowing you have no choice. You have no choice. So, when I realized I have no choice in order to take care of my children, I have no choice but to cut off pretty much, not to say everything, but you have to cut off what you what, what you need. Kind of like what Tim said. You, you go from being selfish to realizing I have to provide, and realizing providing means you know, it's no longer anything I want. It's it's what I have to. Yes. It's what I need to do. Because it's not about you now. Not at all. And that oh. it, and it was hard at first because you had to understand. I don't have no more toys. You know, I can't just I can't just see something and say, "Oh, let me get this." And it's like, no, can I? Is that needed right now? Okay. Versus these pampers, this milk, yeah. you know. Exactly. Enjoy the rewards later. <laughs> you don't trade anything. Yeah. At all. 
Yeah, the, the best feeling in the world, you guys can attest to this. When you when they're when they're babies, when they're young, you walk in the door from whatever whatever kind of day you had, you walk in and they jumping up and down, happy to see you. Yep. Like that changes the whole perspective like, of what day you went through. Like you Santa Claus with a bag of presents. Exactly. So I, I will I will say that. That that is awesome. Um let me talk to the grandpas a minute. How do y'all do differently, or how do y'all perceive things differently versus when you had your children? Well, I'm only seven months in, and I'm going to tell you right now, it's a whole new ballgame. I spoil rotten. It's payback time. There you go. You are dirty jokers. No, that's 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 the role of a grandparent. Yeah. Seriously, because you don't friend, see him daily, right? I don't see my grandbaby. Me neither. You know, she's. I mean, I wouldn't mind, but I mean, don't get me wrong. I love her dearly, but like it's funny you know, games. I, 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 like I said, I don't refer to myself as grandpa. I'm, I'm Jibo, so Jibo. Jibo, he just see it every now and then as much as possible, but. The son is the one that's, that she is going to depend on growing up. I'm going to just be there, you know, as a just the extra support that yeah. she needs. But I'm like Tim. I'm four and a half months, well, four months and five days in, to be, to be honest, because she was born the day before my anniversary. And, like, I do whatever she wants. If she want to stay up all night long and I'm off, Let's go ahead, it. girl. Let's do stay it. Up all night long. <laughs> when your mom and daddy come get you, you they problem. Yep. <laughs> Why are you here? I give you whatever you want. You I'll, dirty I'll, joke too. I'll, I'll give a, I'm trying to get her to say grandpa's first. <laughs> oh, y'all, y'all dirty. I'm trying to get her to say Jeebo. I'm trying to get her to say Jeebo. Y'all cold. And, and I'm already laying that groundwork for her to be a Steeler fan. Oh, no, no. A very oh, first my gift. God. The very first gift was a handcrafted Steelers blanket that my girl Hannah, I don't know if you're going to be hearing this broadcast, Hannah, but shout out to your girl down in McDonough, Georgia. She hooked me up. And it was, I, I'll show y'all a picture of it when we're done, but like, well, let me do excellent work. Brandon, me, you and I both, we are parents who have made our parents grandparents for the first time. And, uh, we see a difference. Oh yes, we see a difference. These jokes, these jokes, cold blooded over here. Hey, it's the fruits of our labor, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we get back, get back, and we like watch the reality show. Well, y'all cold blooded. So, Brandon, what do you? What, what's the one thing you when you realize? Wait a minute. This, this I mean, because I know you said about your father said, nah, you don't have to use all the belt. Da 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 da. And, and you receive plenty of those. Oh, yes, all the time. Yes. I heard them. I, I live down the street. Now. Yeah. <laughs> but what what did you notice, and, and how does it make you feel when you see your father interacting with your children? You know, it, sometimes as men, we're not supposed to get emotional or really have feelings. But it, it, it really, it, at one point, it almost brought a tear to my eye to see my father uh, interacting uh, with, with his grandkids, especially my son, because those are uh, that's his grandson, and uh, it, it's, it's it's a wonderful experience. And it sometimes you, I have to question my parents, like, who are you? All right, because as, as some of my uh, the panel members have said, hey, they spoil the hell out of my my kids. All right, my kids can do. No no wrong. Right? Even when I call him, like, hey, mom, the oldest, but I'll 
baby, she's okay. You don't know what she, hey, just let me talk to her. And I'm and I listen to the conversation. I'm like, that ain't the the four letter words you used to tell me, huh? So it, it's kind of amazing to see how how grandparents interact with the kids. And I and I can't wait. Well, I can wait. I, I hope it's not for a long, long time before I become a grandparent. Yeah, let me change that. But when I do become uh, a grandparent, I can't wait to spoil them. And I pray that my children's children end up just like them. And I could just sit back and like, I told you so. Yeah, that's how you were. See? It's kind of like an unwritten rule. That's what you're supposed to do as grandparents. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what really good. Yeah. Like, my grandparents, I mean, they spoiled us. Don't get me wrong. They put them hands on us when they needed to. Of course. Or even, like, growing up in the South back in the 70s, if they didn't put their hands on you, they contract your work. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, uh... Like Miss Grace, mm. lived across the street. Down the street, my, yeah. My cousin's uh, godmother. But a little itty bitty lady, I love Miss Grace to death, God rest her soul. But if she got to come across the street, yeah. and she got them slides on, them socks down below her ankles. Oh, you know what time it is. That means you need to be laid across the couch, <laughs> and no words. Coming in, doing her business, and she getting up out of there. When she leave, you got red marks on your behind. So now we talking about the parents, the grandparents, and all that. Yeah, do you guys know it? Event? Have you ever been around any other cultures or, or, or groups of people and seen? Because we, we all talk about how important the family is, the father is. But have you ever seen any differences? and approaches in fatherhood or approaches in parenting in general. Like, I know, Daryl, you grew up in South Florida, and mm -hmm. you might have been around a lot of people that might have been from the islands or, or, or from the or whatnot. Did you see any difference that you, that you noticed and it's like, wait a minute, my culture does something a little different? Well, I'll say this. Uh, one thing I noticed, uh, like my friends that are from the islands, whether it be Jamaica, Haiti, Trinidad, wherever the case may be, their families are really tight-knit. Uh, they really stick together. Um, my buddy, uh, Adam, uh, I don't even know if you want to call him his buddy no more since I had to fire him, but him and his family, they're like super close. He's from Ethiopia. So I noticed that what I was used to back in the 70s, I see all these other cultures are still doing what I was used to back in the 70s, which is staying tight and staying close together and really valuing family. Okay, so now you are, because you're from Florida, it's still technically the South, but it's a different culture. It's a, a different South. traditional South. Tim, you're from the South, correct? Or where are you from? My whole family's from the Midwest. Okay. So, like, my dad's from Nebraska, my mom's from Indiana. Oh, okay. okay. And um, I, there, there's a difference. Mm -hmm. um, they're very tight, very tight. And my mom's whole side of the family is very tight. And, you know, I, I'm gonna be honest, I, I'm jealous. I'm gonna take this to a race situation, right? Mm -hmm. I'm jealous of you guys, because I see from African-American families, I see the togetherness mm -hmm. and the big families, yeah. you know, the outings. And we don't have that, I don't have that. Maybe it's just my family, maybe I'm just blinders on, but, I would love that. Yeah. You guys adopt me? <laughs> Come on in. Hey, Come on. hey white chocolate. <laughs> so, I, so, Mike, I guess you never told them about my Thanksgiving, huh? I, well, see, they're, 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 they're sponsors. How many people come? Whoever 
the show up. Right? I mean, I always tell everybody to show up to my house. Last year, because of the COVID, I did, what, eight turkeys? That's the breadbasket of America. That's that's usually where American traditions derive from mm-hmm. early on. But for you, for you to say, like you said, the the, the, the tightness that you see in, in African American families, it, it, yeah, um, we got a lot. Like there or not, we call each other brothers. You know, you got cousins that are so close they call each other brothers. You got aunts yeah. that raise the nieces and grandmothers and. As you heard, he said his grandfather is dead. My dad grew up on a farm. Mm-hmm. They're not much money, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They bust their balls every day, and they're tight. Yeah. They're tight. And I, I think a lot of people in the southeast, especially mm-hmm. like white families, who are financially fine or whatever, mm-hmm. it's like entitlement, um, you know? And it's just like. It's, it's like you lose that family thing. It's like uh, there's the too many things, things going on in their lives that are more important okay. Okay. than a family. Right. I, I hate that. I hate that. That's interesting. And, and we don't do that in our family. We try to keep it tight and keep it close. But we just don't have the numbers. <laughs> now, when we go up to Indiana, where my yeah. mom's from, it's a whole new ball game. Yeah, I can believe that. A whole new ball game. Now, Brandon. Let me ask you, because you're, you're military. You're still active military, correct? Correct. Okay. First off, you know, we say thank you. Oh, no problem. You know, G.I. Joe it up, brother. Oh, all right. <laughs> I, I, I mess with him, guys. Please don't, man. Please, please don't cancel me. It's a joke. You know, I'm kind of jealous, right? We go back and forth. You know, I'm kind of jealous, right? Because, mm. like, he only recognized one veteran on here. I'm about he's coming out. He's current. We already talked. Veteran is a veteran. He's still yeah. a veteran. Yeah. We, but we're going somewhere with the mic check. You're about to get a mic check. <laughs> we're going there. Nah, go ahead. Let's just mess with the mic. There's a reason we're going there. Go ahead. First off, you don't give me a turkey, and then you want to threaten me. <laughs> so, Brandon, I ask you because you've taken your family all over the place. Yes. And you see a lot of different cultures, customs, correct. And whether it be people just from different regions of the country or mm-hmm. different countries, what do you see that's different? And you know, what do you notice? Like, what, what do you take note of? That's a good question. Um, I spent a lot of time. Um, I know it's a good question, man. Um, this is why I do this. He's so disrespectful, man. Um, yeah. Um, Middle Eastern culture, um, you don't see a lot of the divorce rate. Uh, in the Middle Eastern culture is almost zero. Um, once a uh, man and woman get together through marriage or, or whatever, they're together for life. Only time that you will see a single woman uh, is because she's widowed. Um, so regardless of uh finances, regardless of anything else, a man and a woman, even um, in certain cases of, uh, what do you, uh, 
I'm sorry. just drew a blank. But if a man or woman was to cheat on each other, adultery, yeah. infidelity, adultery, yes, they would still remain together. Oh, man, had brain cramps, excuse me. Uh, but yes, in the Middle Eastern culture, the family unit is strong. It's probably the strongest uh, unit I've ever seen, even compared to here in uh, the United States. They do not believe in uh, divorce, uh, breaking up, or anything of that nature. Not saying that's good or bad. Maybe sometimes divorce is needed or two people need to be apart, but uh, in the Middle East, they are together forever. Nah, okay, well two things. In the Middle East, they know a lot of things already prearranged. Correct, there are some. Rearranged. Yes. So they grow up, that's the custom, right? Mm -hmm. That's the custom. And they get mad. Second second thing is, I don't think um, me and Mike are going to the Middle East to date. (laughs) No, 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 chances aren't good there. Yeah, we're good. Been there, done it. Yeah, those prearranged marriages usually is uh, money tied into that. And it's and it's when they're young too. So yeah. at like fourteen and fifteen, so they're, like, they're getting yeah, they're getting married. I'm so like, oh wow. So what do y'all see with the kid? With, with, what did you see with the children? Is is it a, a rush to? I don't know if this is an American culture or a black culture or or what. But you hear a lot of them. Oh, he's eighteen. He out the door. I, I notice a lot of cultures. I don't see them pushing the kids out. Yes, there for in the Middle Eastern culture, uh, if a woman is not married, she will remain in that home under that roof until she is married. So it, it could be 25, 35, until she is married, she will stay in that home. Now for the son, uh, no, I'll take that back. Also for the son too, he has to be married before he'll leave his, uh, leave his family. Now there are some situations and occurrences where the son will have to depart for, for whatever reason. But for the most part, the only time the, a child will leave the family is for marriage. So why, okay. As American fathers, would you be willing to let your child stay there until they got everything together with their life? You know, aside from college, going off to college or military, how, how do you guys view your child still staying in your home? You know what? Um, when William graduated from college, uh, he came back to the house uh, probably about a year after he got out. Um, he stayed with us for probably about I think it was maybe about a year, maybe less. He went back to South Carolina. Um, he got married, and they moved back to Georgia, and they lived with us for, I think, like maybe two years until they got their own place. So, I'm going, where I'm going with that is, I don't think it's an issue long as long as you're able to do that for them. Okay. Because it, it really depends on um, what you're able to uh, do for your kids at that at that moment because you're now accepting him and like if he has children or if he's married, you know, that's things that you aren't really counting on after he left. Mm-hmm. But then now that you know that you want your child to start out on a, on a strong foundation, you don't want to start out struggling. You want to build that little cash tower so he can go ahead and um, start out okay and don't have to struggle when it comes yeah. to his own place. Yeah. How, how do you see it? The way weird if I approach it is... When you graduate high school, 
You're a big boy now. You're a big girl now, right? So get out there. Try to, you know, figure things out. You're there for support. You're there for them to call you. Hey, how do you do car insurance? Yeah. You know, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. But they're on their own. They're on their own. I always have an open door policy, though. Yeah. If they need to come home, they know they can come home. There you go. However, my rules is my house. Yes, there you go. Right? Yes. And um, they know that. So that's okay. sort of route I go. But see, you get, but the thing is, you just, you just said open door policy. I don't, I don't know what happened where it was like, hey, you out, you gone, push the bird out and let's go fly. It's like, yeah, you want the bird to go fly. But what if the bird has nowhere to land? But you know, if you're a good parent, if you're a really good parent and you really care about your child, you know, you're gonna always be that mattress for your child to try to follow on, okay? Because you really don't want them to go through the same troubles that you went through. Exactly. So any assistance that you can give them, um, you will go ahead and do it because you're there to do for your child. Well, let me ask, let me ask the guy that's going through it right now. Brandon, you got a daughter in college. Yes. You got one that's starting on the teenage years. Yes. Let's talk about this college daughter. Yes. What is what is your policy? Like, like you heard what Tim said. It's like, hey, go do you, you big, you know, you big boy, you big girl. But you know, home is always, you know, home is always available. What's your take? I think my my thoughts are probably aligned with Tim's. Where at 18 years old, you need to get out into the world and 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 live life, um, be it school, be it uh, the military, uh, the workforce, whatever you, you, you choose. I I hope that uh, leading up to that decision, that 18, at that 18 year mark, me and the wife have already instilled in you what you need to do or, or provided you those characteristics, those building blocks so that you could be successful, so that you can make those decisions on what, you, what career path or what life path you choose to take. Um, but also, again, we're, we're, we have an open door policy too. If somebody, one of the kids need to come back or if they fall in hard times, hey, my door is always open. But again, like Tim said, my house, my rules, and you will abide by those rules. Okay. Now, with the open door policies and the, and the, and the, and the soft matches to land on, kids, you know, my rule, my house, my rules. Let's go back a little bit. Dating. Oh wow. <laughs> since since you said oh wow, brother Brandon, <laughs> let me let me let me let me ask you. What was the age that you were okay with your well know, your daughter dating? Yeah. Versus the age she wanted to start versus the age things started to come together, we all were both comfortable. Wow, that's a tough question. Um having recently gone through this, um, I would say I was I was never comfortable and, and probably still not comfortable. Um, she's a little older now, so um, she's able to have a little more freedom to do what she wants. Uh, but while she was underneath our roof, I think me and my wife said around 16, um, she was able to date. Um, but I would have to meet anybody or any guy that she would want to go out with. And he'd come in uh, and we'd go about back and we'd have our a conversation um, about expectations. Was this was this a Will Smith Martin Bad Boys conversation with <laughs> showing the door and throwing oh, yeah. the gun? It, was, it, it wasn't that drastic. It, it, it wasn't that drastic, but uh, there we I've had some some conversations with uh, 
some of her boyfriends uh, at the time to let them let them know what I expect. And the main thing I expect was one, keep your damn hands to yourself. Don't ever put your hands on her in any kind of way, because I will kill you. Uh, and don't worry, we'll edit that. Oh yeah, edit that out. Give me kill, literally. No, I did. No, I did. I did. No, but for real. Um, my, my my daughter, she did a she did a really good job by picking uh, some of the dudes. I really never had any problems with with any of them. I, I really didn't like any of them at the same time because I remember myself at that age and the things I was thinking and trying to do with uh, <laughs> girls my age. So uh, it's always that uh, that point where you just have to trust that your daughter is going to make the right decisions when she's out there on those dates. Now, do you think you'll be a little different when it comes to your son or even your, 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 your younger daughter? I think I will have the same mindset and attitude uh, with my my second daughter. But for my son, I think I'll be a, I'll be a little more lenient for some reason. I know if you can call it sexist or whatever you want. Yeah, it is. The thing with my boys is you better respect to your dad. Yes. Okay. You better open her cardboard. Mm -hmm. You better pull her chair out. Mm -hmm. And you better look her mommy and daddy in the eye when you talk to them. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, daughter's a little bit different. No, speak on it. Guy comes over, you're gonna talk to me, you do something stupid, you don't only have to deal with me, you gotta deal with her three brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I like that. That is respect. Oh yeah. I like that. Respect. There's but there was a time, speaking of respect, I had to uh, go upstairs and get a belt for the young man that was picking up my daughter because he had it down there. I could see his underwear and everything else. And I was like, here, excuse me, young man, come uh, here. I thought he was gonna say it's gonna <laughs> <laughs> hey, in the back, I was thinking that, but I was like, Let's do it. you know. So I had a had a nice little conversation. I gave him, I gave him a belt, and uh, and it, it worked out pretty good. Okay, well, uh, let me jump in and get down in real quick. Okay. I, he actually has to. Uh, yeah, um, I'll say this. Um, I'm glad I didn't have to worry about uh, the, the, the situation with having to talk to uh, some little young man about my daughter because it definitely would have been a Will Smith and uh, Martin. Martin Lawrence. Because <laughs> I already told my daughter-in-law and my wife that when Zoe starts dating, that's what her boyfriend's going to get. Because they all know her Jibo is crazy. <laughs> but one thing that they're definitely going to do is give her the respect that she deserves. Now, when it comes to my son, William actually asked me, how did I know that his mom was the one that I was going to marry. And I basically told him without having to go through a long explanation, I said, when you find that woman that you're willing to deal with her foolishness, that's the one that you shoot, that's the one that you're really going to deal with because everyone you can't deal with. Yeah, you're right. But when you find that one, you want to treat her like the queen that she is. Just like Tim was saying, open that door. You know, you know, hold her hand, let her know that you care about her. You know, basically you want to do the little things to let her know that uh, you're going to be respectful. Yes. So as long as you can do that, then, and when you have good communication, then you'll always have a healthy relationship. And right now, my son, I'm glad I had that conversation with him because he listens to me and I just like, I, I, I smile every time I see him and his wife together. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, well, guys, with, with that being said, we've got we got a uh, whole range of things covered. We, we went up and down the gamut. 
We know Daryl got to get on out of here. We, we want to thank him for his time, just in case he can't. Yeah, yeah. Debo. We appreciate you, uh, Debo. No problem, little brother. Yeah. Good meeting you. Good meeting you, bro. Hope to see you again soon. Good out. Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 and Mike, let him know. I'm playing on that grill. Yeah, he, 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 he's a monster on that thing. So, uh, guys, we want to get one last thing in real quick. And it is about... Fatherhood in general, being a man, and what message you want to send out there to any man, any son, any father that you just want to send out and, and let them know about this whole thing and this whole journey about being a father and, and what you want to impart on your own sons. There's no one right answer. Wow, good answer. Um, you do the best you can. You keep your morals right. Um, and you do what we're doing, exactly. right? We talk with other fathers, yes, right? That's the one thing that you know. I'm part of a man group. That's tough. we just talk about real life stuff mm-hmm. from all different forms of life we're from. You know, mm-hmm. black, white, rich, poor, mm-hmm. all different areas. But we all have one thing in common: we're all dads. Yes, and we're able to share everything we have together, which is great. You can always get something somebody else. So there's no one right Oh yeah, being a father, you gotta kind of treat it like um, you're actually running the business because when it comes to being a father, you don't have all the answers. So you want to speak to other fathers like Tim said. It's always like your network because you want to be able to provide the best information that you can for your child. So, so anybody that's trying to be a dad or just get into uh, the, the area of being a father, whether it be having your child or you're going to a ready-made family, uh, listen to the child and understand that uh, when it comes to being a stepfather, you have multiple personalities that you have to deal with. So you really have to be the calmest one in the entire room because they've already established theirs. Now you have to get used to them as well as they get used to you. But you have the hardest job because it's more than one that you're dealing with. So if you can accomplish that and still be uh, a person that listens to your child and is there to support them, then I won't say it'll be easy, but it'll be rewarding. Yes. Everything that the panel just said is right on the money. I would just like to add that time is probably the most important resource that you can have when it comes to fatherhood. You always have to, you always have to have time for your kids regardless of what you have going on you have to make that time to be able to sit down with them talk about their day throw the football get your nails painted or whatever the case may be you just have to spend time um, that is the best thing the kids will remember kids will always remember time they may forget the PlayStation 4 or the the GI Joe action figure that you bought them but they will always remember the time you took them to the Braves game all the time that you went and got their nails done when you didn't want to all the times you got a pedicure with your daughter next to you or you had a tea party so I would tell anyone manage your time wise because you can never get that time back once they're grown and out the house hey brother if you didn't make it if you didn't use that time wisely you can't get it back with that being said I've got a few thoughts ironically 
Their thoughts, their feelings, they matter. Yeah, they're children. Yeah, you're the adult. You make the final decisions. You make, you know, the life-altering decisions. And it's your job to take care of them and guide them. But what they think does matter. What they believe does matter. Because all this shapes them. You think about it. If you tell a child to hush whenever they've got something on their mind, what do you think they're going to grow up and do? Keep it to themselves. They'll let anybody run over them. The world then will talk over them, walk over them, ignore them, look over them, and they'll never learn to stand for themselves. You might tell them, stand up for yourself. The hardest person for a child to stand up to is their parent. The hardest person to actually speak your mind to, in some cases, is your parent. The one person that says, what I say goes. So I'm saying, listen to them, hear them out. It's not always, it's not a democracy, but it's not a dictatorship. These children are smarter than we give them credit for. They're more perceptive than we give them, than we give them credit for. And they're also able to adapt. They're also able to absorb information. They're also able to read the room. You ever hear a child say they don't like somebody and you can't figure it out? Then you find out later that person was just a despicable person. That's a vibe. Children have these things. Yeah, these kids aren't the same generation as the do as I say, not as I do, be seen and not heard generations of, of the past. We were perceptive. We saw things, but we didn't say anything. We weren't allowed to speak. Think about all of the issues we had growing up and our parents didn't find out until we became adults because we felt able to say something that without, without any kind of recourse or repercussions. You do that to your children now, they're always going to hold their tongue. They're going to grow up and, and not speak what's on their mind, not say what's bothering them. And what happens when they get out in that world? That world doesn't care. So they don't know when they're okay to speak up. When it's their turn to stand up, it's when it's their turn to draw that line. No matter what you say, their brains have already been programmed to respond a certain way. So I'm not saying give them carte blanche and let them go wild. All I'm saying is put some value behind what they say. So then they'll feel like what they say is important. So then they'll know that they are important. Then they'll know there's power in their words. So for my final thought, I would really say is just hear them. Just hear them. Open your mind and get out of that you're a child, know a child's place. Because you know what a child becomes? It becomes a developed, I mean, it becomes an adult. How they develop, partly that's on us. So for Daryl, Debo Battle, Tim, the Commish Nun, and Brandon, Major Dad Robinson, this is Mike G with another episode of the Mike Check. Let's get our minds right before we get left. Until then, I'll see you at the next stop. Yo, y'all know I couldn't let you go without the non-word. This episode's non-word. Library. Yeah, I'm not even gonna take the time to spell it because we know it's wrong. It's a fruit nobody's ever heard of, nobody's ever seen, nobody's ever tasted. Because it's not a real fruit. The correct word is library. 
L-I-B-R-A-R-Y. Library. Library? Nah. Library. Yeah.